Here the old gods are dead. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> hey, y'all, this is the Creepy Wee Podcast. I'm Rebecca with... Liam. A very gormless Liam today, but Liam and Les. <laughs> yes, we're not sorry we're a day late, but uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm going to apologise for if you hear any noise. I'm recording in my room right now and there's like two kids that are <laughs> at the front making TikToks on like hoverboards and the hoverboards have speakers in them so they're like blasting like Julepa mm. and stuff and I kind of control that because I'm not going to go out and heckle them so I'm kind of jealous I wish I was them right now they're influencing <laughs> in the street being influencers <laughs> but Liam do you want to tell everybody why you were a day late Should oh yes be a bit so, like, I am sorry we're a day late but like um landlords enough said um so i got evicted yesterday i've been given two months notice to vacate the premises because my flatmates brothers couldn't get away from their mum's teeth long enough to find a flat and decided to search for flats a week before their course started because that's a good idea in the middle of like a housing crisis i guess so they're evicting me from this flat i have like a quarter of the way through my course so love that <laughs> so if anybody in the glasgow city area needs oh, yeah, a flatmate he's a flatmate i'm like i'm hygienic i'm hot and i'm wholesome oh, i'm a podcaster as well you i'll let you come on the pod and say hi so yeah well to be fair when like my friend actually lives with Liam and he like texts us in the morning and he was like, we've just been evicted. And I was like, what the fuck could you have done? <laughs> I, no, genuinely, I was like, what did I do? I was like, I don't remember doing anything overtly offensive. I mean, I probably no, said... You've like, just got to suffer for yeah, <laughs> your I, landlord's I, son. Mercury's in retrograde, so I'm, I'm suffering. <laughs> and also... Um, no, actually, I'm not using Mercury in retrograde. Landlords, that's it. That's the. That's the <laughs> don't give them any excuses. It's their fault. Okay, quite question for the culture to light in the mid for you, Liam. Okay, babe. fuck Mary Kill. 
your landlord. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> the Bivenchi, the Bigny, or Susan Boyle. Okay, okay, okay. Again, oh. what mine is. <laughs> uh, okay, so fuck the Bavinci because yes. I know she's a freak in the sheets. Um, <laughs> I feel like the Banya would be like kind of a downer and I'm not really about that at the moment as you can tell from the first like minute of this podcast I'm just like a ray of sunshine at the moment so probably kill her and marry Susan Boyle is that right I was oh like, my god it's like we share share brain. Brain. <laughs> shared conflict now as it's what I was trying to up babe <laughs> I, I enjoyed that we should do that every episode Oh, no, I wish I had one for you. You can do that next next time we record. You okay. And give fuck, Mary kill for me. It doesn't okay, have right. to obviously be, well, is Susan Boyle part of Scottish folklore? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, she has changed Scot- Scottish culture forever. Um, she also, really has. One time I... me and Alicia, one time me and my sister were drunk and... Uh, <laughs> we were like really, really pissed when we were on YouTube. Why does every story you tell me start with me and Alicia were drunk? I would just like to address the alcoholism in the room. Um, but anyway. My period of sobriety begins now. But <laughs> <laughs> this was a couple of weeks ago, me and Alicia were drunk. And uh, we were like just in my room. And we were like pissed. And we were like getting really emotional about Susan Boyle. Just talking about her. Then we watched her audition for Britain's Got Talent when she sings I Dreamed a Dream by Elaine Page. And we both started green. <laughs> Uh, anyway i've been there we've all been there oh one of my friends actually has beef with susan boyle because go on so she used to go into the shop that he worked in she apparently used to come in all the time and he was like she's rude and i was like she's like autistic right yeah and i was like maybe she just um wasn't in wasn't in the vibe maybe she just wasn't i think social cues are susan boyle's Forty, but singing at Elaine Page is <laughs> <laughs> Anne Hathaway found dead. She could never sing that song with the same tenacity. Um, Literally, when I seen that version of Elaine Page, I was like, honestly, Susan Boyle, maybe she was just her part. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now that we're talking about that piece of like staple Scottish culture <laughs> since it's October, and our episodes are ooky spooky. Anyway, we were going to try and do like some extra ooky spooky series. For October, but then realised that was kind of nullified because her whole podcast premise is that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we are actually just going to treat you to some witch trials. Um, we're going. This episode is going to be the be about the old Edinburgh toll booth and its famous occupants and prisoners, two of which were involved in the North Berwick witch trials, which is like one of the one of the most famous witch trials in Scotland. That kind of is like the kickstarter to it. Um, yeah, but I'll just she set the standard. Yeah, um, I will. I'll just start us off by introducing the toll booth. Um, a toll booth is a Scottish word for a town hall or a jail or prison. The toll the toll booth in Edinburgh was the most municipal building in Scotland for about four hundred years, and it sat on the Royal Mile next to Saint Giles Cathedral. Saint Giles Cathedral is still there. Like, kind of, if you go up the mile, and it's like all the yeah. like Scotland like tartan shops. It's like opposite that 
yeah. uh, you you can see the like pl- the place marker for where the door of the Tollbooth used to be is where the Hearty Midlovian is. The new. If you don't know what the Hearty Midlovian is, Google it. It's a shite football team. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also this wee stone formation of a heart and a saltire on the Royal Mile. Yeah, well, they're they're literally named after that because what was it? Is it like Sir Walter Scott or someone wrote a book about? the toll base and called it the heart of Mendelian or something or wrote it was about one of the riots anyway um yeah and then hearts were like you know what we should name our football club after this prison for some reason and i was like well i guess the tone. Uh, if you ever watch them play it is criminal so <laughs> all the jambo fans like no. <laughs> good <laughs> What's there is a superstition though, right? With the Harry Midlovian, you're meant to oh, yeah. spit on it as you go past. Is that the well, thing? yeah? So, like, a lot of tourists will literally like you can tell who's a tourist and who's someone that like actually knows about the superstition because, like, if you watch people go down the Royal Mile, some people spit on the Harry Midlovian and you see people just go because, <gasps> like, you're literally like, spitting outside a church, <laughs> so then you see all these like Italians, like, oh my god, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but it's actually because so there was. Uh, a riot at the prison, I think it was called the Proteus Riot, after the basically one of the guards had had like, innocent people killed and then the uh, prisoners had an uprising against him. And then basically what people used to do when they were entering the prison after that is to show, for it was initially to show disgust at it. They would spit at the entrance of the um, prison. But um, after that, it's just become like a good luck sort of superstition so if you're ever in edinburgh at the royal mile and you see the big mosaic of a heart just spit on it for good luck <laughs> just torture some tourists on your way then <laughs> <laughs> explain just keep walking well if you ever walk um, down prince's street the tourists deserve it they got their own first like so like they should be tortured <laughs> back we'll give them the boot we'll get we'll get the thumb screws out <laughs> Ooh, spoiler spoiler <laughs> spoiler <laughs> Uh, so it was the capital's main jail, as we've explained, um, as well as incarceration, physical punishment and torture routine, which we have alluded to that we'll get into later. Yeah. Um, 18th century historian or Edinburgh historian Hugo Arnott wrote the following description that exposed the shocking conditions the prisoners were held in. The liberality and humanity of the English in erecting so magnificent a building for a jail as Newgate Prison deserve the highest applause. As an aside, I did Google Newgate Prison to check what the conditions were like, and it was also a shite hole. So I'm not sure if Hugo Arnott has been impartial, or when he visited Newgate Prison, they had maybe modernised it by that point. But probably not. But <laughs> he, he continues. The state of Edinburgh Tolbooth is far otherwise. There, the austerity may be gratified in their utmost extent. In the heart of a great city, it is not accommodated with ventilators, with water pipe, with privy. The filth collected in the jail is thrown into a hole within the house at the foot of a stair, which, it is pretended, communicates with a drain. But if so, it is so completely choked as to serve no other purpose but with filling the jail with a disagreeable stench. 
All parts of the jail were kept in a sovereignly condition, but the eastern quarter of it, although we had fortified ourselves against the stench, was intolerable. <laughs> this, con- <laughs> this is like so fucking dramatic. Like it must have started. <laughs> fortified ourselves against the stench. <laughs> like I can just imagine like him and the people who were like chaperoning him around the prison, like slamming a door, <laughs> like <laughs> against it, like. <laughs> <laughs> This consisted of three apartments, each above the other. The undermost of these apartments was empty. In the second, which was called the Iron Room, is destined for those who have received the sentence of death. There, there were three boys. One of them might have been about 14, the others about 12. Inside you, there are two wolves. <laughs> <laughs> one's 14, one's 12. But that, Hugo, Hugo Arna was, like, really big for, like, prison reform, so, like, I will take his word for it. And also, I'm going to take his word for it, because if you go on any tour of Edinburgh, or you go to the Edinburgh Dungeons, or Many Kings Close, or anything like that, or read any history about Edinburgh, they preface it... Like it, shit. it like... It fucking stank. Like, it still kind of stinks, like, near Haymarket, but that's probably because of whiskey distilleries, but, like, Edinburgh fucking stinks. Mm. That's their hot take. Yeah, it does, it does, it still, it still stinks a little bit sometimes, but... I mean, they okay. used to call it, like, Old Ricky or something like that. Big, <laughs> the big stink. <laughs> the big stink. <laughs> um, so now that I've set up the scene for this absolute shithole of a jail... Well, let's talk about some of its most famous occupants. And because it's Edinburgh, you can obviously bet that these people are, like, hammed up, camp, fucked up, creepy people. So, Liam, yeah. why do you not tell me about <laughs> Agnes Sampson? Um, so, Agnes Sampson was uh, one of the inmates at the toll booth. She was, she was one of the dolls. Um, basically... I'm actually just going to segue out of the toll booth and skim over this. So she was tortured there. Let's let's get into that. She was tortured there, but um, she's most famous for being, uh, I believe, the first uh, woman killed at the Berwick, nor- the North Berwick Witch Trials. Um, so mm-hmm. basically, in Europe, we've well, we've spoken about this in the podcast before. We've talked about how Scotland was famous for its witch trials they didn't do it half-assed that's for sure um anyway like between the 16th and 18th century in europe there was this mass hysteria around like witches and then like corrupting the church and like making holy ground unholy with their acts and stuff and basically very woman hating stuff um one of the inmates agnes samson at the toll booth was a witch so this this is the thing so she's she's actually stated in multiple sources as um a self-proclaimed healer and witch however um the measures by which so she's innocent then yeah (laughs) well yeah that's it like the next time my prescription's late i'm accusing my doctor of being a witch and have them like hanged and burned (laughs) but um yeah self-proclaimed is um i mean that's a bit of a stretch because she was tortured and the torture measures for witches were a bit different to everyone else like we've talked about the boot and the thumbscrews we'll talk about how those work later on but for witches it was a bit more like imagine that scene in game of thrones where cersei is like stripped naked shaved bald like they actually did that to witches to find like devil's marks which are basically moles like they like did a... that they did that in edinburgh like they used to like walk them up a mile and do that yeah like shame shame <laughs> uh, but um basically they would look for at their like hidden areas to see if there were any um 
like moles or that that where the devil had touched them. Um, so this this happened to um, Agnes Sampson, and basically Agnes was implicated because um, another witch called Gillis Duncan had admitted to witchcraft and narked on multiple other witches. Um, around seventy witches were killed in this trial, so I don't know how many she named, but snitches get stitches. I mean, she was probably hanged and burned too. So, like, <laughs> but um, yeah, um, basically, James the Sixth had this like weird incel boy like paranoia about like everyone trying to get his ass. So, like, he basically went to Copenhagen and he married Anne of Denmark, and then they came back on their ships and a storm hit. And then while the storm was hitting, like, they thought they were going to die. They were turned upside down, inside out, all around. Um, <laughs> um, and, like, so the Danish court in those times was obsessed with witchcraft. And then James Dick was like, I like the sound of blaming women. Um, How can so... I make that about me? <laughs> <laughs> How can I make this my personal Afghanistan? Um, but, yeah, so he... Um, this influenced him and he started his own trials. So then he got this this doll, Gillis Duncan, and like tortured her until she was like, yeah, I'm a witch. Everyone else is a witch too. She's a witch. She's a witch. Your mom's a hoe. She's a witch. Um, <laughs> yeah. So then basically that's when Agnes was caught. And then while she was, while she was being tortured, she then went on to admit to the fact that they would go to like the St. Andrew's Kirk in North Berwick and they would corrupt the church by like, doing devil worship there so they'd like pervert the holy ground um they would desecrate graves dig up corpses dismember the corpses and then there was actually um they said that she and her accomplices um took pieces of dying corpse sold it to a cat and then threw Ah. the cat in the ocean which caused like a caused like a contrary wind or whatever it was so that's called. what started this the the pet cemetery cat started the sort yeah the pet cemetery what? cat jiggles and rattles james somehow he doesn't die um and then everyone implicated in these trials was hanged and then burned for being a witch isn't that crazy like imagine what would you do well, if you got hanged and burned? <laughs> probably come back to life because I'm a witch. <laughs> oh, well, this is the I... thing. This is the thing. Maybe you wouldn't come back to life, but you might become a ghost. Uh, mm. because If you die, uh, you're innocent. Yeah, that's true. So they were all innocent, I guess, even though they had like admitted to it after torture. Is Agnes Samson a ghost? Um, yes, Agnes Samson's the ghost. And she's said, you're said to see her little baldy head bobbing around Holyrood House Palace. So if you want to go there, some people have said they saw like a bald woman like wailing. And I was like, Tilda went in? <laughs> anyway, um, so now that we've got the witch trials discussed, I guess it's time to talk about some more um, witchy toll booth inmates. Isn't that right? Yeah. Rebecca. So John Fian was part of the group that was arrested with Agnes Sampson. His arrest came when Gillis implicated him in the raising of the storms as well. I think, so 70 people did end up becoming implicated in this, but I think Gillis maybe only like 
went for like seven or ten or something and then the hysteria okay. kicks in which is what always happens and then mere people accuse other people okay, just not to get you funny. Yet. sorry to interrupt but my light is flickering as you're talking about witches um oh, no no <laughs> no no mere bad luck <laughs> I can't take no the killer's escaping he's escaping <laughs> <laughs> so like if your power cuts out I swear to God um, John Fian was arrested at the same time as Agnes Samson he underwent examinations as a sorcerer at first he openly confessed that he bewitched a man to fall into fitzy once every 24 hours and then to confirm this Fian like called upon the same gentleman and brought him into the king's chamber so in front of the king um this this man appears that apparently that Fiona claims to like pay under his like control. It's like his like ward or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And then the guy like falls to the floor, starts screaming, starts having fits, and then he like gets up and he starts jumping so high and screaming and like touching the roof and like banging the roof and stuff. And this goes on for like an hour. Okay. And then as soon as the hour passes, the like this is exorcism stuff. Like, yeah. and then. He like the man like snaps out of it and then he's he has no recollection of what just happened and like King James is like by the way, this the all this information comes from King James's like dossier that he made called like demonology. Yeah. This is what started this is what actually started like British and the, yeah, the what shells in the British Isles becoming a thing. What are you saying? I actually did read about that book and I was like, um that kind of sounds like a fun read. A study of necromancy, sorcery and the occult the supernatural. Let's make that the tagline here. <laughs> um, this guy, his name, memory, this fit. It's like as if he had been asleep and it was all a dream. Um, so epilepsy. Literally, I think he is just epilepsy. Yeah, literally. Like, oh, well, they could get a bone. They could get a little skull bone and cure him. And drink epilepsy. it and cure yeah. him. <laughs> we love a callback. Callback. <laughs> um, but then... Fian confessed in another interrogation that he had made a pact with Satan. But bear in mind that he's been tortured this entire time, so he's just saying whatever they want. Um, so in this interrogation, he says that he had made a pact with Satan and that he would renounce the devil and vow to lead a Christian life if he was set free. The next morning, he had said that the previous night the devil had came to him once that interrogation was over. Uh, so he comes in his cell dressed in all black with a white wand demanding that Fian continue his faithful service in the pact that he made. I tried looking up the significance of white wands and like <laughs> and, uh, like witch culture. And it just came up with Pornhub? <laughs> no, it, it actually came up with like, Ken, like when you Google like a, an item for a game. So it was just like Diablo 3, white wand, weapon. And I was like, oh, what's the properties of this? <laughs> so that was the thing I could find on it. Um, but if anybody's got any guesses what the significance of white wands are, I would love to hear it. Anyway, I'm paraphrasing here, but Fian says that he renounced Satan by getting up in his face and being like, I'm going to hate to like get the these and those out for this. So <laughs> get away from me, devil, for I have listened too much to thee. And by the same, thou has undone me. I utterly forsake you. And then the devil goes, the devil answers him and goes, before you die, you shall be mine. And then he kisses him. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> the devil broke the wand and then immediately vanished in like a wee poofy smoke. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry. After, after, after that confession, after that confession, Ian was actually given the chance to lead a normal life. Um, I find that hard to believe, but. Either yeah. way, Fian, Fian mustn't have believed it either. So he like managed to steal a key to his cell and like legged it. Uh, okay. He was eventually go off, girl. He was boss. A, I don't know what age this guy is, but he eventually was captured and tortured until his execution. And it is documented that he endured the torture without expressing pain. And then he was taken to the Castle Hill in Edinburgh, so like top of the Royal Mart, uh, Mile, placed mm-hmm. in a cart, strangled, and then burned alive. Uh, an English ambassador who was in Edinburgh at the time, called Robert Bowes, said that during his execution, Fian de- denied his confession and said that he had told the tales that he feared he'd been executed. Hmm. No way were they using like bad interrogation techniques and torture to get like <laughs> false statements. That sounds so medieval. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like that just shouldn't happen ever. In current times, definitely not now. Mm. So uh, another famous prisoner at the Tollbooth was Major Thomas Weir. This guy's like, have you ever heard of him like at all? No, but it sounds like a name of someone you'd want to bully. Like, just imagine <laughs> well, he got bullied in school. But <laughs> I think he might have. Oh, did he like yeah. skin cats or something? Yeah, he probably did. Uh, he's like a character for Game of Thrones or something. He gives me the fucking creeps. Yeah. Um, but he was a he was a covenanter. The Covenanters were part of a political movement that followed a particular strict form of Presbyterianism. So they opposed oh. they opposed the king and his son Charles over church doctrine, doctrine and structure. Basically, they were kind of like anti-Jacobites before Jacobites were a thing. They were really like Lutheran and they didn't want like Catholics on the throne and stuff. The more I learn about this, the more I'm like, well, the more we talk on this specific episode, I'm like, George R. R. Martin maybe isn't the greatest writer of all time that people try and make him out to be, and he is literally just lifting things that happened in Scottish prison culture. Well, the um, the this gets really Game of Thrones. You'll understand when I say what where it gets Game of Thrones. But even George R. R. Martin like has said that the Red Wedding scene in Game yeah. of Thrones. It's based on um, the Glencoe Massacre. I feel like a nerd for referencing Game of Thrones multiple times. Like, I want to bully myself. Like, I feel bad. I feel guilty. I thought about rewatching it and then was like, actually, I'm not going to do that to myself. Anyway. <laughs> Weir was part of an affluent family for Carluc, and he was known as the Bowhead Saint because he had a huge property on the westbound. <laughs> I thought you were going to say because he had a huge cock. <laughs> <laughs> no, he had like a he had like a huge, huge, huge house on the West Pole, which I think is like it's just off the Royal Mile on Victoria Street. So like I think where his house used to be there is a um Harry Potter shop, so it's very oh, very Edinburgh. That's and, godless. Oh. Uh well it's a godless place, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and he was called a saint because he's pious lifestyle, like he would like preach. Uh, he's like Presbyterianism all the time. He would, he would, uh, he was really famous in Edinburgh for um, preaching all the time. 
Um, <laughs> following his retirement for the army, Weir fell ill in 1670 and the sickbed began to confess a secret life of crime and vice. Down and down and down. The Lord Provost at the time didn't actually believe Weir's confession because of Weir's heritage and his position in society. And eventually, yeah. uh, Weir's confession, along with that, is um, Spencer's sister, who is called Jean <laughs> Weir, uh, known to our friends as Grizel. Love that fucking camp. My name is Jean <laughs> Weir, but you can call me Grizel. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a drag name. That's a drag uh, name. You can call me Grizel. <laughs> um, I but they were they were then taken to the toll booth to be interrogated. Um, so Weir, who was in his seventies, continued his confession, and Grizel, who by this point in her life was totally mental, gave an oh, exaggerated wow. history of witchcraft. Witchcraft, sorcery, and like depravity. I want to smoke with her. I really do. <laughs> she related um, how many years before a stranger uh, had called upon her brother in a fiery coach. So, like a, a coach that like ran, like flames were coming off the back of it, flames were coming <laughs> off the wheels, the horses were covered in flames, had taken her brother to Dalkeith, and how during the short trip, the man in the cart, who I assume is meant to be the devil, um, had given him supernatural intelligence of how the Scottish armies were defeated in Worcester the same day. Um, And then Grizel maintained that Weir derived his power from a walking stick that was topped by a carved human head. So like he was curing his epilepsy, face. let him live. <laughs> so maybe, so maybe I think the wee, she's like alluding to the fact that the wee face on top of the cane had like spoke to him, like there was a spirit in the cane that could, like gave him power. Um, I'll show you the spirit in my this, cane. No, actually, <laughs> this uh, this rumor, this confession from Weir's sister actually gave rise to later rumors that um, people had seen him parading in Victoria Street. With a cane hopping along in front of him. <laughs> so it was like leading the way. Like Lily Tunes or something. I love this. Aye. Uh, well, I pictured that like wee worm woman off his SpongeBob. <laughs> Chocolate. <laughs> um, so Weir's confession, we, along with his sister, sealed both their fates and they were both quickly found guilty uh, at their trial and then they were sentenced to death. Whilst awaiting execution, they were both confined in a leper colony that was at the <laughs> green side below King Car- Carlton Hill in Edinburgh. Like the really, the really nice bit where you can like it's like kind of like based on like Greek architecture. So like at the bottom of that nice hill, there used to be a leper colony, and that's where they were both confined. Um, at their ex- execution, Weir was garroted and then burned at the Galilee. Uh, Galilee means like gallows field, so it sat between Edinburgh and Leith, kind of where. Okay. Um, run about where the um, Nando's is and the Slug and I know exactly where it is now. <laughs> I think that is where it used to be. Um, so kind of like where the uh, like the theatre is, like that. Yeah, aye, there. Okay, aye, so um, where's last? In his last words, he was urged to pray for forgiveness, and he was reported to have seen. Let me alone. I will not beg for forgiveness. I have lived as a beast and I must die as a beast. Um, (laughs) Well, Weir's walking stick was then thrown into the flames after him and it was reported to have made rare turnings in the fire. Uh, And then shortly shortly, um, before his sister 
and him were executed, Weir, Weir had made a further public confession in front of everybody uh, that him and his sister actually had an uh, incestuous relationship. Of so course. That, that's where of I'm course. getting the Game of Thrones vibe. As soon as you were talking about him having a sister and her name was Griselle, I was like... They're fucking. He was executed at the Galilee, but I think his sister was actually executed in the grass market and it might have been quite a public event. Um, he seemed to have got like the better end of the stick because he was like <clears throat> this affluent man and his sister was kind of like, she was clearly like mentally unwell. Uh, and yeah. he seemed, if it was in the grass market, I'm assuming that it was like maybe a public event. So God knows what happened to her. She probably got like tarred, stoned, or tarred and feathered or something. Um, but the remains of both, they were buried together. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they were ba- buried at the base of the gallows in the Galilee. Um, Weir's house in the West Bow stood empty for a century because of its reputation for being haunted. Um, it was said that one of Weir's enchantments made people ascending the stairs think that, thinking that they were actually descending in the opposite direction. Kind of like Winchester Mystery House. Dives. Yeah. That's kind of what I got for that. So the, the house was eventually bought like really cheaply in 1780 by an ex-soldier who moved in with his wife. <laughs> and they were said to have bolted for the house on their first night after experiencing a strange apparition of a white calf approaching them in the night that fucked its like, front legs up on the end of the bed and then just like tipped its head forward and like stared at them. Oh, I would have petted like, it. That I don't know, it kind of like, gives me like David Lynch vibes though. Okay, that's less Like <laughs> when Pete's scary music plays yeah. in the and a calf just appears in like a ray light. That is David Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> um, according to Walter Scott, the house had remained unoccupied <clears throat> after that incident, but it was eventually demolished fifty years later in eighteen thirty. Um, and I'm pretty sure it, it is like across the road for like Pie in the Sky and stuff in Edinburgh. So it's like <laughs> it's either it's either at the back of a Starbucks. <laughs> it's, it's a Harry Potter shop, which is like one of the two things that your property. Ah, yes. <laughs> the pinnacle of culture. Uh, I'm like, I hate it here. Why could they just left it to the spooky house? I don't know. Uh, the, you can see images of it. I'm actually putting up one on Instagram, and it does look like quite a cool old house. Um, and it's in Starbucks. Uh, well, um, one of the things that is attributed to Major Weir is that like criminal and future episode topic Deacon Brody, Weir's double life is said to be the inspiration for Robert Louis Stevenson's novella Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde but I feel yeah. like is it? Yeah, because obviously he was like this total pious nice guy who like preached all the time and then like secretly he was a warlock who like shagged his sister <laughs> I didn't think Dr. Dr. Jekyll was... No, Mr. Hyde just murdered people. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, he, he wasn't. Yeah, um, I think we should all say sorry to Mr. Hyde. Um, that, Deacon Brody seems like a better attribution. Yeah, that, that sounds more accurate, if you have um, I think folk, folk just seen the double life thing and were like, mm, it must be based on that, but... <laughs> Uh, it doesn't look like Weir got tortured though He just kind of got like garroted um, Do you know what else? I actually um, Hannah Montana Is based on <laughs> <laughs> You get the best The best <laughs> um, 
fine. So if you're rich, you can Then you fuck your sister. (laughs) 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 This episode's like really points where we could definitely be cancelled. This is (laughs) R-rated. They always are, but... (laughs) Are they? Um, I have to make them explicit. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want kids to come upon this. Yeah, actually. I can there is like I can there is like younger people who listen to this because I've actively sought out like young queer kids to listen to this. <laughs> what you want to hear. <laughs> but shut your ears for the day parts that we were just talking about. <laughs> um but I will will tell you about some popular torture methods that they would have used in the Tollbooth dungeons that obviously weren't used on Weir because he was, like, too rich and famous to undergo torture. And of he course. was openly confessing anyway. They didn't ask. They were like, we literally didn't ask. You could have just died. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was only, like, two, like, popular torture methods. If you go to the Edinburgh dungeons, <clears throat> they like to get out all these torture devices and stuff, and they do get out the ones that we're going to speak about, but they have mere, which is actually inaccurate, because there was only two really used in Scottish judicial process. I've never actually been like, to the Edinburgh dungeons, like, to that. It's really fun. It's camp as fuck. It's so camp. Every, like, the one it's, time... It is really good. The one time I did nearly go, um, I was, like, eight, and I was, like, the the... The faggiest little. <laughs> oh my god, me and Alicia went when we were like eight and kind of how like the bit where you go to get the tickets and go to the toilet and stuff, it's all like covered in blood and there's like yeah. scary music playing. We just started greeting and we didn't go in. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. I went and then one of the like actors from there was literally like walking out to go on their c- cigarette break and just literally just walked past me, the most normal like. Uh, what's the guy from the Adams family called? Lurch. They just it literally just looked like Lurch, like walking past minding his business, and I was like, oh. And then we didn't go in, and my dad was so angry. <laughs> Good to kind that that wasn't just like an experience that me and Alicia had. That I know. I feel like we're closer that makes now. Me feel better. We had like proper breakdowns. Like we were like, we're not going in here. It's too scary. But yeah. I have been in twice since then. Well, every time I've wanted really to go fun. with all of my friends because they like all the people that I wanted to go with live in Edinburgh. We're like, mm, I don't want to go. That's such a Tourist thing, and I was like, I'll I go. am a tourist. I'll go, <laughs> okay. I'll go with you. Creepy Wee, pod- Creepy Wee Podcast Meetup for everyone. Uh, we're, we're inviting you all. <laughs> this is an open invitation, unless you're a landlord, to the Edinburgh Dungeons. So, aye, they'll tell you about the, the torture methods that were used in Edinburgh. And I think um, when we think about um, torture devices, we think of these being like a medieval concept, but in Edinburgh, they were using these well into the Enlightenment period. So, like, they, we were still doing these in, like, well into, like, the late 1700s, early 1800s. Like, we were still using these. One of the most popular uh, torture instruments, as we've said, is called the thumb screws. Um, these were actually known as the pillywinks. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, so cute little. Uh. Or the pillywinkies. <laughs> the Get the pillywinks out, girlies. <laughs> so, uh, so it's, it's a simple vice. <laughs> it's there. It's a vice. So the crushing bars. Oh. So they'll screw them down onto your thumbs. Um, the crushing bars were sometimes lined with sharp metal points that would puncture the nails and oh. destroy the sensitive oh. flesh of the nail beds. Which I hate because I bite my nails, and whenever I get to the quick, like it really fucking hurts. So I can't yeah. Anything getting rammed. I have that. a thing about nails and teeth. Like I can see any other kind of gore in a horror movie, but nails and teeth—that's too much. Yeah. This sounds like my worst nightmare. Just after my manicure? Absolutely not. 
Uh, anyway, continue. <laughs> um, whilst the most common design operated upon a single thumb or the big toe, cleverly designed variants of this device could accommodate, for example, both big toes, all five fingers, <laughs> or all ten toes. And then, oh, wow. obviously, so, like, they were like, oh, one thumb isn't working, like, let's, let's up the stakes. And then they made bigger and bigger vices <laughs> that had, like, grooves and stuff in them that could accommodate, like, different digits. Um, um, That's obviously kinda... based... I love the innovation. When did Scotland stop being innovative? Again, I ask this question. Here, earlier on, I, heard, I was listening to another podcast and it was American people who were talking about Alexander Graham Bell. And mm-hmm. in America, he was a eugen- like a, he was like big into eugenics and really wanted to like erase deaf people for the population. But in Scotland, you never hear that. Like, we never talk about that. We're like, oh, my God, we invented the phone. Alexander Graham Bell, he's so brilliant. But then he moved to America and did that. Just, I just never knew thought, that. Just thought that was, like, interesting. Because, like, obviously we're really, like, that's great that we invented the phone and stuff. But, like, this podcast, his name. This podcast is not about the creepy stories we tell, but it's about the old white men we out for their horrible practices along the way. <laughs> Thanks, Liam. I'm glad you managed to get that in there. I've been sitting all episodes like, I need to say it. I need to say it. I need to say something of this caliber. I need to have a hot take. (laughs) Um, Obviously, based upon the thumbscrew, albeit heavier and stronger, the foot-crushing boot enjoyed the same popularity in the torture chambers of Scotland and in the Edinburgh toll booth. Um, both were used on John Fian and Agnes Sampson in the North Berwick Witch Trial. So, Liam, why do you not tell me what the boot is? Oh, the boot. So, it was actually famous throughout Europe, um, was favoured in Scotland, and it's sometimes called the Spanish boot. It involved two phases. So, basically, there was, like, the sort of, like, vice sort of sleeve that you put over the leg... Or you could do it to the arm. They sometimes got, like, we're creative like that. We we tortured people many different ways. They You'd wrap it around, like, the leg. And then you'd get, like, a like a piece of, like, wood, like a doorstop sort of thing. And then you'd shove it down the front of the, of the sleeve that was fastened around the leg. And then you just, like, hit it down. And, like, how I... Uh, like to imagine well I don't like to I don't like to imagine it but how I tend to imagine it um is like you know when you have a carrot and you like roll your teeth along the front of the carrot to make like a little oh to like shred yeah like it does that to you the flesh and the bones in your leg so um nice many people (laughs) who weren't confessing before uh, surprisingly, started confessing after this to whatever the police wanted them to confess to. It's, it's amazing, actually. It's as if they just wanted to stop being tortured. Um, Is there like a variation where it's like they like tighten of the? It's like two pieces of metal, and then they tighten it so it like actually yeah. just like completely crushes. The yeah, bone. it's like a juicing machine. That, that's the other. One. It's like it's like um, a nice smoothie they make and they just tighten, tighten, tighten. it's like a corset but made of metal and for your leg and it doesn't make you skinny it makes you legless um they used that on john fian and they used it on both his feet and shins to the point where there was like nothing left like you couldn't even tell that he had feet and apparently he didn't express pain 
which made them think like obviously like he's got like some supernatural like hang about him where he's not like expressing pain where actually he was probably just like so in shock and yeah. dying that he just wasn't saying anything um, but uh, that's the most popular torture methods that we use yeah it feels um <laughs> obviously like different stuff that they used to do which is we're probably going to cover mere witch trials i can remember i went to a um uh witch kind of tour in edinburgh when i was younger and they said that at the top of the castle hill like at the door of edinburgh castle they'd put witches in barrels that were full of nails they had nails like hammered in uh, they put a witch in that and the royal mile was quite steep and long and, just, and the so the, at the top of the castle hill they'd just boot this wee- barrel and yeah. I, like, like hands up in the air like scream, <laughs> scream if you want to go faster <laughs> and that's how they would like basically if you lived you were a witch but if you died you were innocent that old chestnut and then they used to drown witches in the norlock too we'll probably do an episode on the norlock because it's got a lot to do like edinburgh witch child and the plague and suicides murders everything else used to go on in the norlock but that's where the princess street gardens are now edinburgh's such a dump like everywhere you go (laughs) something really horrible has happened here this place smells like shit and there were active (laughs) trees in here they tried to blow up parliament here they had a lot going on maybe i should yeah i mean um, it's like one of the most haunted i think it is actually the most haunted place in europe so they say i believe that i believe that i was there like the other week and i was in a bar that um their toilets like are built into the edinburgh vaults because obviously like you have to utilize that underground space yeah and these are parts of the Alton that haven't been like turned into tourist destinations for being the vaults, so they've just renovated them into toilet space and stuff and storage space. Yeah, uh, and the toilets were fucking stained, cold, stank, and felt really horrible. I was like, oh, brilliant! These toilets are haunted. <laughs> this is Somebody's a toll booth. <laughs> this is my personal toll booth. <laughs> I was like, I feel, I do not feel safe. <laughs> um, but I, that's the Edinburgh toll booth, and that is the North Berwick witch trials. Sources for this will be going up on yeah. the website that I am still trying to make because in last the last episode I lied and said that I was doing it, but I had to ble- beat my own personal clock and make a website. <laughs> but I do work full time, so getting sources and stuff on that is yeah. like happening very slowly but surely. But if you want to find out more about me and Liam, you can check out the small <laughs> bibliography biography that we have on that like tiny, tiny biography. And our hot pictures. Um, our hot uh, oh, I would off. also like yeah. to address the elephant in the room. Sorry to sorry to bulldoze you, um, but yeah, it's very nice. We have we have the website. Everyone go look at the website, or you hate us. Um, yeah, I would just like so basically, uh, we had a meltdown moment because Instagram was down, and we had like ninety four followers on Twitter. So if anyone here would like to follow us on Twitter, please do. Um, we see you, Zuckerberg. We were number fifteen <laughs> in the. Finland history. No, chart. we were number two on the 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 Finnish history chart. Shut up, number two. We were number two. Oh, I was number two. Okay, so sure. Finland, like quite high up. Finland, like we're as your Finland. new elected queen, <laughs> um, I would like you to follow the Twitter. Um, but I would also like to address the fact that I did say I would show boobs on the Twitter, and I won't be showing boobs on the Twitter until a hundred and fifty followers. Then you will see my breasts. And only then. (laughs) 
So the Twitter account is at the Creepy Wee Pod and the Instagram is at the Creepy Wee Podcast. Follow us on Twitter though, because I feel like Martin Zuckerberg's kind of going to lose the plot and delete the whole app. So <laughs> maybe do follow us on Twitter. We promise yeah. to start posting more content there. But if you want to go and see us, hey, like an actual meltdown where we were both on keys on the Twitter account, <laughs> like publicly melting down, then you can go back and historically um, witness that. <laughs> yeah, it was. But, it was a moment. It, it was desperate. <laughs> yeah, it was sad to watch, but also I've never said anything funnier in my life. So okay. go look, go look. So that's us. Follow us on social medias. The website is thecreepybpodcast.co.uk. And the next episode, if you've managed to stay this long, we're going to be talking about Swanee Bean. Remember so, that time we said this was going to be like a tight 45 and we're at like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.